This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. I don't do that on this show. I gotta think about that. Let's see. Well, what happened there? It's like Ricky Morgan from Rad Movie Rama is trying to join this show. So hang on a second, let me try and sort this out. Hang on. Yeah, I think that should work. So yeah, okay, let's get back onto the show. So hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1981 to look at Sean Connery's action sci-fi thriller, Outland. So let's uh, let's get the weapons sorted out. Let's take a look at that countdown clock. Let's play you guys a trailer and I'll see you soon. Still, man. 
And welcome back guys. So the synopsis of this film is a federal marshal stationed at a mining town colony on the Jupiter's moon of Io uncovers a drug smuggling conspiracy. He gets no help from the workers or authorities when he finds himself marked for murder. It's an R-rated movie, it's a 109 minute runtime, and it's classed as a action crime sci-fi. It's got 6.6 .6 on IMBD. And it is starring the late Sean Connery. Let's just talk about Sean Connery. He passed away uh, this year, um, unfortunately. So I'm going to be dedicating this show to um, Sean Connery. Um, but I will get back to his greatness in a minute. Just to mention who else is in this show you've got um, on this movie is uh, Peter Boyle, um, Francis Sternhagen, Stephen Burkoff and Stephen Burkoff you would know from uh, the Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. He's a bad guy. He usually turns up in these movies. You've got a little bit of a cameo here from uh, John Rasenberger and Clark Peters. So that's the cast. So you've got a pretty good cast here. Like I say, you get a real solid performance here from Sean Connery in this movie. And let's just talk about that. So like I say, he passed away this year, uh, very sadly, but... When you talk about Sean Connery, most people think about him being 007, you know, James Bond, and quite rightly so. And he's a real sort of solid character. He's like a man's man type actor. Um, and quite rightly so, he's done a, you know, he, he deserves that, that place in the 007 James Bond world. Some people say, you know, he's my favourite Bond. Um, but in the James Bond world, I think there's something for everybody. But in the 80s, certainly sort of 80s, mid-80s, you've got Sean Connery, and I think he did some really good movies, including this one and The Untouchables. And the character Malone in The Untouchables is just as much as um, Officer O'Neill in this movie. I think he's the same guy. He's a real solid character. He won't take any shit. He'll stick to what he needs to do. And I think this film is very much like the Untouchables in space in some ways because you've got... Sean Connery is basically on his own. He doesn't even have any sidekicks in this movie like he does in as his character in the Untouchables. At least he has a group of guys that he can depend on. But this one, he's on his own. And not only is he on his own, he's, he's, he's in isolation. He's on the planet IA. He's, you know... He, He's got some family issues at home, so he's got all this weight on his shoulders. But what I like about this film is it's like it says, if there's a problem, stick to it. And he does. And he does not agree with the company boss or the system. And he goes against it. Pretty much at all costs. You know, even with his kind of like failing marriage, which would be enough for most people to deal with in their lives. Um but then he doesn't even have the support from his fellow officers because they're all shit and they all just want to play along with the system. And then you've got Peter Boyo, Boyle in this movie. He plays a, a great role as the company boss who's the bad guy in this film. And he doesn't like it that Marshall O'Neill isn't playing along with it. And you've just got this game almost like of sort of like cat and mouse between these two characters here, um, which works so well. And that's what I like about this film it's it, and again it's it's in isolation it's it's in space it's basically a take on high noon like the old western and the whole aesthetic of this movie is great it's got that sort of real um, alien type 
tone to it. It's almost like an alien movie without an alien in it. So when you first watch this movie, if you didn't know anything about this film, when it came on TV and you just saw Outland, the way it's all set up and you see the guy in the space outfits and you know the the mining town and all that, you would probably be expecting some sort of alien to turn up and that's kind of what you think, oh, this is what this film's going to be, but it's not. The... Um, the main problem in this film is still humans. Humans are still, for a lighter word, folks, fucking each other over. Um, even though they've, um, you know, pressed forward with some great, you know, spacecraft and exploration, and it's no mean feat to try and get to Jupiter, let's say, and start a colony. But, you know, the human race has still got these little problems where they just can't seem to get on with each other. And Sean Connery is there to say, yeah. I'm not taking this shit. And that's what I love about this movie. It's just got that sort of punch to say, yeah, I'm going to deal with this problem. And the way this movie flows is incredible. And I'm surprised it doesn't get any more uh, credit than it really rightly deserves. I think this is quite an underrated film um, because it kind of ticks all the boxes um, in terms of everything else that was coming out at that time. Like I say, in 1978, you had Alien, which did very well. I think the sci-fi trend was um, doing very well in cinema. So, um, I don't know why, but and I can't explain it, and I'm not going to. Sometimes these films just reach out to you, and if they do and you enjoy it, that's great, and it's worked. But um, let's just move on from that. So, um, let's talk about the director here. So, you've got Peter Himes, who directed this movie, and he's very familiar familiar to this type of uh, genre because he did um, I can't remember if he did it before or after, I think he might have just went on to go and do 2010 with Roy Schneider which is the sequel to 2000 um, and one A Space Odyssey which again has got the same aesthetic, it's almost as if this film is set in the same universe, they wear the same sort of outfits, got the same sort of craft it's got the same sort of tone to it so in some ways, it, I'd like to say it's still in that universe. And funny enough, in 2010, the location is set. That's right, guys, in Jupiter. So who knows? But the other movie where this has definitely got a tie-over is a film that I reviewed, which is a great, another great conspiracy theory where someone, a couple of astronauts get fucked over again, is the film Capricorn 1 back in the 70s, uh, which is a fantastic movie. And the tie-in... With that movie and this movie is the um, company called Conam, Con Amalgamation, uh, which is kind of like, I suppose, you could, is like the Wayland Utani from Alien. So you've kind of got that sort of tie over. So these two tie in, and Peter Himes or Peter Hames uh, directed that movie as well. So there's like a little Easter egg there. So yeah, Peter Himes he's, he's done a great job with this, and like I say, I love all the elements to it. I love the aesthetic, it's like a dirty mining town space, it's like a space western. And keeping that western vibe, the other thing I like about this film, um, when I mentioned like a dirty space, it's the same with um, was what they did in Alien with uh, you know, Ridley Scott, is that they are like, because it's like an old mining town, it's set in space, the technology's gone you know, way ahead. Um, where they've gone into like deep space exploration, but you still got things like shotguns, which, funny enough, work in space in this film. Um, everything kind of feels 
like I say, like an old mining western, wild west town. Um, but with some very advanced technology, but not technology where it's all like very clean and laser guns and things like that. So I like the fact that they've still got rifles and they're still like got ki kitchens where they're having to like heat water and boil things up, which you find out later on in the movie, which I'll explain. So um, yeah, it just keeps it a little bit, um, I suppose, tangible or, or no, plausible in a way. And just a few other things to mention before I get into the review. So it's distributed by Warner Brothers uh, with an $18 million budget. But as I said, it, it didn't do very well at the cinema at the time. It just took the money back. It took, made about $20 million um, at the cinema. So it didn't do too well. And you've also got a score by Jerry Goldsmith. Here you go, Jerry Goldsmith does it again. Um, he's done the Rambo franchise, Star Trek, Logan's Run, Planet of the Apes, uh, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Total Recall, uh, The Mummy, The Lost World, it just goes on and on. So yeah, he has had a, uh, a fantastic career and he's a fantastic composer. And the music in this film is very haunting. Very Again, I've mentioned Alien. It's got that real sort of alien uh, tone to it. And some of the music works really well with some of the scenes in this movie, especially where O'Neill was chasing after one of the criminals through the through one of the um, uh, kitchen areas. It just feels really pacey and it just seems to go very well with the movie. So let's do a bite-sized review of Outland. So the film starts off, as I mentioned, um, again, I think it's the fourth time I mentioned Alien here, but the, the way this film starts off with the Outland, you just get some of the letters gradually come onto the screen and then it just bursts out like a supernova. Then you're introduced to Io, which is one of Jupiter's planets, and it basically just explains, kind of like the building block of this movie, saying it's a mining town, it's got this many... Um, this much staff on there and it's got like a small security operation and it's run by uh, the bad guy in this film called Shepard who's played by Peter Boyle and he's basically broken all records on his station and he intends to keep it that way and then you're introduced to uh, Marshall O'Neill which is played by Sean Connery and he has got a lousy assignment on this outpost which his wife isn't too happy about so um, she's struggling to bring up um, their son in space and she wants to go back to earth and then Marsha O'Neill basically explains that it'd be all right you know we can we can settle in and I'm sure things will be fine around here um, and then you've got like a, a little a little side piece here where you introduce to the miners and like I say they're in their dirty space suits uh, gravity on the planet is about one sixth of earth and there's no breathable air so conditions are very tight and you've got one of the miners, he starts screaming and saying that he's got spiders in his suit. So, again, this that would be quite cool, actually. Um, space spiders or something like that. <laughs> I always thought that'd be quite a good movie. Um, but it's not. It's some uh, form of psychosis, which you find out later on in the movie, where there is a drug that is going around that makes the miners work extra hard. Um, to produce the, um, the the titanium ore for the company and it makes uh, the mining town boss Shepard look good. So basically he, he doesn't really care if people die. Um, he wants them to work 
little bit harder to make the company figures look good and he's happy for people to die. So basically that's the main plot of this movie. And then that's where Marshall O'Neill comes in and he sits down in a, in a meeting room. He meets um, Shepard and this is where Shepard comes out and says, you know, I just want to welcome the new Marshall, you know. I'm sure he's going to fit in fine. And he just comes out and says, everybody works hard around here, Marshall. And I like people to have fun. Do you understand like that? And then this is this is great. It's where Sean Connery is basically saying, hmm, yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not just going to lay over and let you tickle my tummy here, mate. I'm going to, I'm going to be sorting this out. And it's a great scene where Sean Connery comes out and he's got his, like, uh, uh, police sergeant with him and Sean Connery's walking down one of the corridors and says, what's all that shit about? And then the sergeant goes, oh, don't let him, you know, don't let him get at you. Yeah, you'll get used to him. And then Sean Connery's like, nah, I don't think so. And this is kind of where the film starts off with the game of cat and mouse is where Sean Connery says, right... I'm not sure about this guy. I'm going to find out what's going on around here. And to make matters um, worse for Marshall O'Neill, um, his workforce, his small security force, aren't all that great either because they're pretty shoddy at their work. I mean, one of them's just lost a load of nuke detonators. He doesn't seem too fussed about it. And then when he asked about the incident with the miner who uh, ripped his suit off with this, the psychosis incident, which he doesn't know about yet. They basically tried to sort of just tuck it over to one side where he says, oh, you know, it has to be a suicide. This is where Sean Connery comes in, or Marshall O'Neill comes in and says, did he leave a note? And he goes, what do you mean, sir? And he goes, most people do that. And he says, no, but he had to open up a door and walk out of it, so it had to be a suicide. And then Sean Connery sort of plays like the long game here. He's going, hmm, okay. Then, after this, you have a few more instances where people uh, go into that state of psychosis. You get a worker, which is the guy from Beverly Hills Cop, Stephen Burkhoff. He, um, he assaults one of the um, mining town prostitutes. And this is where Marshall O'Neill comes in. He tries to um, sort things out as he walks in. He manages to calm him down. But before he can do anything else, the sergeant comes in and shoots uh, Stephen Burkhoff character and it's almost like he's done that because the sergeant knows that he's taking this drug and he doesn't want Marshall O'Neill to find out. So this is where O'Neill start, begins to suspect something. So after this incident he decides to go and see the mining town doctor which is played by Frances Sternhagen and she's called Dr. Lazarus and he basically says I want you to tell me about all the deaths that have happened on this town and how they've occurred. And it's quite a good scene here where she basically comes out and plays a bit of sarcasm with O'Neill and says you know I'm just a basic doctor you know you've got a temperature take two paracetamol and go to bed and all this sort of stuff. And then Sean Connery comes in and says I want you to I want to have all those files on my desk or else I might have to kick your nasty ass all around this uh, lab. <laughs> he comes out and goes, that's a Marshall joke. So this, uh, you know, a little bit of humour there from uh, Marshall O'Neill and he just sort of stamps his authority there. But then um, these two characters in the movie are great because 
this is basically Marshall O'Neill's only ally in this movie, which is the Doctor, and they work really well together. So from here onwards, um, cutting this on just a little bit, this is where you find out that there is this drug that is being imported into the mining town. Doctor Lazarus finds out about it. Uh, they're inject injecting this uh, narcotic into their system, which is quite harmful to the body. Um, and it does everything that Shepard wants the miners to do. It makes them work 10 times harder, but then it has this um, effect on it where it causes psychosis and causes the miners to either kill themselves or kill other people and that. But like I say, Shepard's happy for that to happen and then just put it under the wraps. But O'Neill, he, he then goes on to try and find out who's bringing in the drugs. He finds out who's been involved in narcotics. Um, he puts it onto his system. He finds out that there's two people that are involved. And you get a really good scene here where um, O'Neill is chasing after one of these guys through the through the town. It's a proper like old Wild West scene where you've got the sheriff who's trying to get the bad guy. They're running through. Uh, corridors, kitchen areas, rest areas. Um, O'Neill's got like a pump-action shotgun. Um, he knows that this guy's got something on him. He chucks it into like some boiling water. That's where O'Neill, you know, he puts his hand into the water to try and sort of retrieve the, ev the evidence. And then you get a really good scene where he, he gets this bloke into the corner, this bad guy. But he doesn't shoot him, he just shoots above his head and he just comes out of this sort of badass um, one-liner. He goes, think about it. Like that. And then that's it. The sort of scene closes. It's a really good scene. It's really sort of fast-paced. And then he puts this bloke into a suit and he's got him hanging from this ceiling in this, um, like a, a jail cell where they're just sort of, he's sort of like hanging in this like space void. And he basically says, he interrogates him, he says, I want you to tell me about what's going on. And then O'Neill says, yeah, don't give yourself a shorter sentence. You just play along with the corrupt system, that's okay. And then whilst all this is happening, you've got um, some scenes where O'Neill, he taps into the CCTV system. And then he finds out that there's, there's this really cool bar as well, by the way. It's like, you've got some strippers in there, you've got some space tech techno music you've got some um smoke and laser beams it's that real sort of 80s sort of techno nightclub which is pretty cool but uh o'neill's watching on the cctv cameras and he sees that his sergeant is talking to shepherd and some bad guys so he finds out that his sergeant is in on this as well so you cut to this scene where he's playing squash some space squash with his sergeant and I love this scene again it's so many great little one-liners from O'Neill where he's just such a badass and he's playing squash and then he just says to his mate want to tell me about it he goes tell you about what he goes how deep are you in and then his uh, sergeant goes oh just deep enough I'll just look the other way and then O'Neill goes yeah just keep looking the other way and he says what are you going to be like a hero or something like that he goes I don't know but he says, you just keep doing what you're doing. Take your back payments from Shepherds and look the other way. Because I'm going to take you down. I'm going to bust you like that. And it's great. <laughs> and then after taking down this uh, this bad guy who is captured, he finds out that there's a shipment of drugs that came in, uh, which is like in a sort of meat section. 
So he, he goes to get retrieve the drugs, and whilst he does this, you get a scene where someone tries to strangle him, and you think he's dead, O'Neill, but he's not. He's got this uh, collar on, so he's sort of one step ahead of the game. He takes this guy out. He retrieves the drugs as evidence. Um, then he goes to see Shepard, and he basically says to him, "Yeah, well, he goes, I found the, uh, I found, just let you know, I found the drugs." Um, I found one of the bad guys, I flushed one down the toilet and put the other one into the uh, jail. Was it the other way around? I can't remember. And then this is where Shepard's, he's playing golf. Some uh, like space golf in his office and he goes, I know what it is, you know, you just want to be the hero. And how much more do you want? You know, if it's a raise, I'll sort it out for you. And then this is, again, it's a great scene. It's where you've got like I say, that old Wild West or mining town in space where O'Neill says, no, I don't want any of that. I just don't agree with what you're doing. And O'Neill just comes out. It's just like the most badass thing. This point I was talking about him being like the Malone character from The Untouchables. And he says, says to Shepard, he says, no, I don't want your money. I don't want any credit or anything like that. He just says, I just want you. And then he walks out and then Shepard says, O'Neill. And then O'Neill looks around and he says, you're dead. And he goes, and <laughs> <laughs> and he all just goes, hmm, yeah, sure, okay. And then from here onwards in the movie, you've now you've now set up for like this climatic final where Shepard is, um, he's been a radio call for some uh, space bounty hunters to take on O'Neill. And you've now got the sort of countdown clock and O'Neill's ready for it because he's intercepted this message, he knows what's happening. Um, he's now got his only ally, which is Dr. Lazarus, and he has a really good conversation with her as well, which just ties it up. And he's playing um, some space squash by himself, and she comes in and says, "You're pretty lousy because you, you know, you're getting beaten at your own game." And then Sean Connery comes out and says, or Wayne Neal comes out and just says something here, which ties it all up. And he says, "Look," he says, "I just don't want to play along with the system. You know, I don't agree with it. I think what they're doing." What they're doing is wrong and I don't like it and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and it's just really it's just a really good build up of uh, character development and it kind of builds up the tension as well so from here onwards um, O'Neill is basically setting up um, for when these bounty hunters arrive so he starts planting some ri um, rifles or some shotguns um, he adjusts the cameras. Dr. Lazarus is in the sort of camera room keeping an eye on things. O'Neill then just has one last attempt to see if anybody might help him out. And then he goes into like a rest area um, with all the staff. And everybody in the town knows what's going on. They know that this is happening, but everybody just doesn't want to get involved. And then O'Neill comes in and says, I could do with a little help. Anybody going to help me out here? And no one says anything. And he goes, I thought so. And then someone comes out and says, well, you've got your men. Why can't they help you out? And then no, Neil just turns around and goes, my men are shit. Like that. And he just walks away. It's just great. Like I say, just so many sort of badass quotes in this. And then you have the epic showdown where you've got the... Um, the spaceship that comes in, the space carrier that comes in, you get... Um, two bounty hunters come out with their weapons and now you've got like say the final fight between O'Neill and these bounty hunters and 
They have a bit of a punch up, you get some shots that are fired, you get a really good scene here where one of them gets blown out from like a greenhouse and gets shot out into space. Um, he manages to isolate one of the guys into like a like a viaduct or something like that and then that blows up and then you get his face that just sort of blows up into space. Then you get a scene where O'Neill has to put a spacesuit on to evade capture. And like I say, to rub a bit of salt into the wound, one of the one of his sergeants goes against him. He puts a suit on as well, and you get a scene here where they're fighting outside the um, space station. And again, it's like a game of cat and mouse. And eventually, O'Neill manages to shoot this guy, and then he falls over the side, and then he sort of blows up. So he's taken on all the bad guys. Um, all the bounty hunters have been taken out. He's been helped by Doctor Lazarus. Um, He's, got, he's now got the evidence to be able to bust Shepard. People know about it because on the um, communication system, the guys that sent the bounty are saying, said, if you don't get O'Neill, the company's going to come for you. So that's kind of what's going to happen. Before this happens, O'Neill goes into the bar area where Shepard's sitting down having a drink. Everybody turns around because they all know what's going on. And... It, it just finishes it off. It's the most badass thing you could expect in the movie from Sean Connery. He just goes in and he just goes, oh, fuck it. And he just punches O'Neill. And O'Neill just goes straight through a table. And it's like I say, it's just like that old Wild West where the sheriff's come into town and he's taking on all the bad guys. So there you go. That's it. That's where the film comes to a close. O'Neill's stopped the corruption. He's taken on the company boss. And as I said, guys, you just you just get a rip-rolling, fun ride of a movie. Um, it just does everything it says on the tin, really. Um, it's just like I say, it's a good old solid Wild West action movie in space with a cracking performance from Sean Connery and Peter Boyle as the bad guy and um, Francis Sturkhagen um, as Dr. Lazarus. So yeah, it's a solid film. There's only one little fault in this movie of mine. I've heard people mention this before on other shows as well. Is um, the performance by O'Neill's son. Uh, you know, it's pretty shockingly shy, actually. <laughs> just the way his sort of son is. Hi, Dad, and all this. I don't know. It's just the part of the movie where I just think... I get why they put that in there, because, you know, the family and all that. But um, it's just a... It's a part of the movie which I just don't think works too well. But putting that aside, I think in this movie works works just fine. So yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It gets a thumbs up from me. Um, so yeah, go check it out. So I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Um, that is Outland from 1981. So uh, just a little bit of admin for the show before I close it up is... Um, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there as well. And um, you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes, Spotify, and several other players. Um, if you put in uh, Bite Size Cinema Podcast uh, Legion on Google, you should be able to find the show um, somewhere in there to listen to. Um, like I said, I'm not on social media, guys, so I'm kind of can't really contact me but um like i say i hope i hope you're enjoying the content that i am producing i'm reaching out to uh, you guys out there whatever you are doing in this uh, sort of crazy year that we've had so far so ho hopefully i'm kind of reaching out and 
um, helping you out wherever you are. So there you go, guys. Um, what will I be doing next? So I've got a couple of shows coming up um, for Christmas. I've got um, Flash Gordon, uh, which is going to be like a sort of Christmas episode with Rick Morgan uh, from Rad Movie Rama and Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. So that'll be dropping uh, in the next week or so. And I've also talking, speaking of Dan Bone, I've got he, he's coming onto the show again for um, Home Alone. So another Christmas episode. And I've got a show which is kind of in the works. Me and Kate Pollock are doing The Mummy um, from 1999. We had a couple of technical issues with that show. But we will get there with it. Um, So that will be dropping hopefully soon in December. So look out for that episode as well. So there you go, guys. Um, Like I say, hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.